get you go to school. And here's your name. What do you think of what's going on right now, mate? These evil little invisible parasites. Satan worshipping Freemason moron. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not run by factions. Get the fuck out of camera! There are much more powerful international forces in play. Is this pink guy? Is this what pink guy is? I don't fucking know what's happening. Please get outside and look at the moon quickly. It's been crazy, guys, but guess what? It's how it is, mate. Mate, because I want to do this Well, I ain't spending any time on it. Well, g'day, patrons, and welcome to our um, premium episode. I think it's uh, we're in the billions now, aren't we, Joel? Uh, you've, you've run that joke every week. Like, yeah. it's, it's great. I love it. It's just like the joke that will never die. We're this at 54. Fifty-four. We're not like no, fifty-four. Studio. I thought we yeah. weren't numbering them at all, but uh, we very much enjoy bringing these to our patrons who uh, keep the conditional release program running um, and uh, give us some uh, give us some sign that um, that uh, at the end of the day we are being listened to and yeah, we are interact. being supported to. Yeah, yeah no, we do get a few sort of nice things, which is cool. Um, bit of a reminder that someone's actually listening to this, but um, yeah, we do put a bit of effort into it. Um, had a bit of sort of flurried writing today and got some stuff in there. So yeah, look, if you want to flick some message or um, I don't know, just whatever, or just keep giving us money and be quiet, that's fine, I guess. Well done to you. <laughs> Bless your hearts. Look, look, you know, we used to call this overflow, but it's not overflow. It, this is material that that uh, we won't be handling on the conditional release program or not in this way. And, and we're going to start start off today with the, the, the Cathy Fulbig. Yes. Uh, Fulbig uh, pardon. Uh, yes. Because that's been in mind. It's been a big news story. If you've been living under a rock, that's okay. Or if you get all of your news from us, we are sorry. We've been very relaxed. Uh, but this week, Cathy Fulbig was pardoned and sort of exonerated of her yes. 2003 conviction. That's important. 2003 was a while ago. Um, this is three for murder and one for manslaughter. So they're overturned. But, of course, 2003 was 20 years ago. So she spent 20 fucking years. And her sentence was 30 years. Yes. Um, she spent 20 years behind bars in fucking jail. Mental. Mental. I have to say this case resonates with the sort of Lindy Chamberlain murder verdict in oh, 1982. Huge. Where, where public and media mob sentiment sort of crowed for a conviction. She's still a joke now, which is fucked up. Um, I, 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 I tend to agree with uh, – we, we talked about this on the two Jacks yesterday, and I tend to agree with Jack, Hong Kong Jack. And Oof, when he that's dangerous. Says, well, no, in these cases, certainly, when, when there's sort of, you know, the pitchfork crowds are, uh, are screaming for someone to be dealt with harshly in the criminal justice system, it generally means that no good outcome is going to come from it, you know. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and so uh, people actually believe this. There, there remains a litany of books still in print with covers that scream Folbig's guilt. Oh, yeah. One true crime text was revised with, minute, with new material included and concluded that Folbig was Australia's worst female serial killer. That was the wow. title of the book. That Brutal. was revised in 2019. Ooh. And I just, this is, we, we talk often about the true crime, the pitfalls of true crime. Well, imagine if the podcast genre was out then. Shooting uh, fucking eaten alive. Absolutely. I mean, uh, there's one way of approaching this. Now, obviously, she was convicted. We've just talked about that. So that allows true crime writers to come in and basically make assertions on the basis of the, the trial the outcome. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, we do but, similar, allegedly, allegedly, until it's not. As we sort of roll into this, there was just so much that was wrong. Um, the, the book... Um, 
uh, Australia's worst female serial killer and its revised edition in 2019. And by 2019, there was just an, an overpowering amount of evidence which was screaming uh, for an appeal or a pardon. Um, uh, the author, uh, Matthew Benz, wrote this, 15 years in jail to contemplate the deaths of her four children and the best explanation she could come up with at the inquiry, this was the first of two inquiries, eventually held in mid-2019, was that some sort of supernatural power had taken had taken them, her children. Well, that's Heartbreakingly, what you that says everything. I do not doubt for a second that Kathleen Fulbig, by some mental leap, believes she did not kill her children. Mm -hmm. The experts have pointed to someone with extreme post-traumatic stress disorder. Again, where are those experts? The, the question of how a woman with such severe mental issues has never received any support in or out of jail was not addressed by another in a long line of healthy, of, sorry, of highly respected judges. Uh, Kathleen Folbig, this is the last sentence in the forward, is a killer, Australia's worst female serial killer. Um, Strong words. Yeah, that book written by Matthew Benz highlights what can go wrong in true crime when journalists and writers take a view that they refuse to change. Yeah. Um, Benz uh, wrote a revised edition, as I just read from, uh, called Kathy Fulbig, Australia's Worst Female Serial Killer. It's published by Penguin Random House in 2019. That's a revised edition where he declared her guilty yet again despite what we're going to lay out for you now, uh, patrons, a laundry list of concerns over that 2003 conviction. Yeah. And when we delve a little bit deeper, we will see that she should never have been charged in the first place. Wow. Yeah, okay. She should, look so this is not some, oh, now now we have this sort of um, um, advances in forensic pathology to be yeah, able to yeah. determine that she's not guilty, although there is that. Well, but when we look at this, really open it up, we'll see that she should never have been charged in the yeah, first place. You definitely know more about this right. than me, but there's been some really interesting stuff you set me on today with uh, some of the theories behind what you've been sort of looking at. But, I mean, at the end of the day, realistically, this guy should come forth and basically say, okay, or at least apologise or at least come forth and um, come clean and so about his reasoning what on were you thinking? why you would say this. What yeah, were you like, doing? Trying to sell books maybe, but, like, just be honest um, because this is um, – you know that that's a that's a bad thing. If she's innocent, and of course the, they've ruled that she is, then she's been basically stitched up for one of the most horrible situations in her life: her oh. children dying in front of her, and mm. then being blamed for it and put in jail for it. Like you want to talk about post-traumatic stress disorder? Uh, tick, 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 tick. I mean, fuck, man. Yeah, but it does make you a murderer. And, and and no, no, but like if your children die and then you're put onto the fucking put on trial for it, regardless of the verdict, that is traumatic as fuck. Oh. Absolutely. Your children dying is Basically traumatic. Basically destroyed her life. And we'll get to the issue of compensation fairly well, soon. And yeah. it is one of those cases where the state of New South Wales will bring the checkbook and they might just sort of save themselves a bit of time by putting in six zeros first and, and they'll figure the rest out later. Mm, yeah, I mean, it is, a, it is a huge compensation pay, payout that will come her way. It will probably happen very quietly, but there won't be any um, uh, um, uh, uh, dispute from the state uh, at all because yeah, yeah, they will like accept it, yeah. that they've got this wrong. Um, she was, uh, uh, just to clarify, so she was convicted of uh, the murder of her uh, second, third and fourth children, yeah. uh, two girls uh, um, uh, at the end, uh, and manslaughter of her 
uh, first son, uh, who was, I think, uh, 19 weeks of age when Oof. he died, uh, and all, uh, all four were under the age of two. Um, uh, <clears throat> but what we're looking at here is, yes, there was a media... Uh, yes, there was a media firestorm. Yes, there was a public clamouring for her to be dealt with, um, but it's a failure of the criminal justice system. It is, yeah. And when it comes down to these sort of like, you know, overzealous prosecutors and things like this, I've got a, a friend of mine, a client who's judge, and we were talking about one of the prosecutors there and this great moment where um, the uh, the lawyer basically said, there's one person who's got away with murder in this courtroom and that's you. And that was to the prosecutor. And I was like, one of those things where you're just like, oh, wow, okay. Because this mm. this guy, and I believe this was one of the guy who was involved in the, the case because we were talking about this case. And it's just that thing of like some prosecutors just want to get scalps. They just want scalps. Well, that's their job. Mate, and it's an, well, advers- it and it's an adversarial be. system. And, it, yeah, it really uh, shouldn't uh, be. Uh, and, uh, and, and reasonable doubt is there, but then some trials can be an absolute, can be absolute farces. Um, we won't perhaps dwell too much on the defence, on, on, on Fulbig's um, defence counsel, because they're pretty fucking useless too. Yeah, well, how much can you afford? I mean, this is just, what, some woman mm. who's getting on with her life and she's beset by tragedy. What, is she meant to have $80,000 for a fucking silk? Yeah, well, be appointed for her, but there were a number of omissions there that should have been taken up by the defence. Well, you get but legal aid if you're eligible for it. There is a sense, uh, and and I noticed that Seven Thirty did a very good report uh, on uh, on this uh, on this uh, f- false conviction. Yep. Um, uh, uh, last night. Uh, and there is a concentration on the diaries that she kept. She, she wrote her thoughts down in notebooks, okay. and these were ultimately used to, um, as, as by the prosecution to seek, you know, um, um, uh, to, to, to portray them as as confessions. Wow. Um, and we'll deal with that in a, a little while. The diaries yep. are, are very interesting because they were certainly overplayed in the trial, and then. I think the rest of it, a lot of people are saying, oh, this is just down to advances in forensic pathology, that we're able now to identify a genome uh, that carries with it a, a a disposition for, let's say, SIDS or yes, for yes. Um, uh, pediatric cardiac uh, problems. Yeah. Um, and and that's, that's true to a point. But even after the conviction, and we'll go back and look at it before that before she was actually charged, and and we can see there that other cases, other very similar cases, um, were getting knocked over. That the that the evidence at the time, uh, or the uh, perhaps prevailing view of forensic medicine, was being challenged at the time. Yeah, um, but there were pretty much from the time of her conviction, there were real concerns being expressed. Probably the first one to grab this was Emma Cunliffe. Um, she wrote a book called Murder, Medicine and uh, Motherhood. Yep. It's published in 2011, so eight years after the conviction. Yeah, that's a while. And, and uh, it, it, it first highlighted some of the deficiencies in the prosecution, including those diary entries made by Cathy Fulbog, which we'll deal with later. Um, and then former head of the Victorian Institute of Forensic Medicine, Professor Simon, Simon Cordner, commenced a review of the files. He just did this basically on his kitchen table. He became very – he read the, the Emma Cunliffe's book and became so concerned about what he read there that he grabbed the files and commenced a review 
uh, of them uh, in his on his kitchen table, uh, and uh, ultimately came up with a 100-page report, which was published in the Journal of Forensic Sciences in 2015, which was highly critical of the court's findings, describing an obsession among law enforcement and prosecutors with a, and I quote, homicide hypothesis, which in fact has little forensic pathology content. Yeah. Yeah. That was 2015. In 2019, a study paper entitled Infanticide versus Inherited Cardiac Arrhythmia was published in Oxford Academics Eurospace Journal of Arrhythmias and Electrophysiology. And the paper had exclusively examined the deaths of Fulvic's four children and oh, determined wow. that both her daughters had a genetic predisposition for a, a, a condition called QT long syndrome, oh. a heart signaling disorder that can cause fast chaotic arrhythmias. Ugh. Yeah, so in 2021, a petition featuring the signatures of Australia's sort of specialists in genetics and paediatrics and cardiology and forensic scientists and that, you know, that sort of field, that led to a second judicial inquiry, which determined that there was reasonable doubt and led to public exoneration and pardon this week. So it's been a process that's involved a shitload of experts and people coming together, basically, you know, like making an effort. I mean, you know, it didn't happen by itself. Well... And we'll get to uh, the then Attorney General Mark Speakman first, but but he called for the first inquiry. So there was there was one in 2019, which we've just mentioned in in regard to uh, the book uh, written yep. by Matthew Benz, um, and then there was a subsequent a subsequent judicial inquiry, which just wrapped up. Um, just wrapped up in April, basically, and made its recommendations, and and they were acted upon yeah. um, by the current Attorney General. Uh, and uh, led to Fulbrook's um, uh, uh, conviction being overturned. It seems like Speakman's a pretty good bloke. I mean, like, I'm no Tory, but... Yeah, look, he did very good stuff. I mean, the yeah. fact that he established a 2019 inquiry, and I'm not going to speak for Mark Speakman, but he it, then that, that 2019 inquiry determined that there was no reasonable doubt and then, it, and I think he looked at that and went, are you sure? It did concentrate on the diary so much. Uh, rather than the forensic, uh, 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 the, the forensic uh, evidence, um, and, and then said, "Well, you know, if if that inquiry didn't work, I'm going to launch another one." So that's that's oh, wow. Mark Speakman. He deserves a great deal of credit for this, and we'll get to those yeah. people who deserve a bit of credit. But it's not a sort of rev- it's not about looking at things now in our state of technology and knowledge around forensic medicine that we didn't have in 2003 when she was convicted. Yeah, like it, it, it sort of should have happened. Let's just go through the trial. I mean, we'll, we'll, when she was charged in uh, 2001, she charged, as I say, three counts of murder, one count of, um, of uh, manslaughter. Yep. And then the trial occurred, uh, wheels of justice moving quite slowly, oh, almost yeah. two years to the day in, in 2003. Uh, and the trial was a farce. And the concentration of prosecutors was around those diaries where uh, Falberg had written, distressed and immersed in grief, that she'd sought some sought to make some sense of the tragedy that had fallen upon her. Um, it, after the death of of, of their fourth child, the husband came across these notebooks and, without speaking to her, uh, went and took them to the police. Now, oh, good. Well, look, 
You've got to understand this guy's in grief too. The marriage has fallen apart, unsurprisingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of I, course, I don't yeah. apportion any blame his way. I, I think I would leave that with Kathy Fulberg um, to to make any draw any conclusion there. Yeah, but fair. the police took this. They were they were very suspicious about the the deaths of these four children, and they took these these diaries, these notebook entries, uh, and and used those basically to prosecute. Fucking hell. You know, that is so a mother's grief you would have to understand must involve a deep centered expression of guilt after what she'd been through. Fuck yeah. And so she wrote these private and personal expressions of grief and they were used against her at trial as signs of a confession. And that's the first part. But the really important part is the forensic stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know,